0: on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh. He had to be resurrected in
1: order to be victorious over death, to swallow up in victory death. No more death. No more death, man. I could go on and on just on that. And you know I could. I won't. Verse 9, and it will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for Him, and He will save us.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. There are a lot of strong feelings about social justice these days, and rightfully so. But when it comes to God, many people desire a God that's all about love, without any kind of judgment or wrath. Pastor JD touches on this today, explaining that if a victim is wronged, you want the one in charge to give a fair judgment. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah chapter 24 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: You know how when people talk about how that, uh, man, we're going to be worshiping God in heaven for all eternity? What? Excuse me, in other words you think it's going to be a got-to and not a get-to? You don't think for a second that in heaven you're going to want to stop worshiping Him for all eternity? Well, oh, we're going to be working too. That might mess some people up. You have to understand that work was blessed before the fall. God blessed work, he told Adam and Eve to work in the garden, be fruitful and multiply, And it was when sin entered the world that work was cursed, and that man would work by the sweat of his brow. Now, some of you are thinking, I wish you wouldn't have told me that, because I don't want to think about working in heaven. It's not going to be anything like that. In fact, I'm going to take it a step further. This might be uh, for somebody here, maybe even somebody watching online. I want you to think this through with me. Did you ever think about it like this, that what you have been gifted to do the talents you have, the skills you have, what you do here on earth, did you know that God gifted you uniquely so, and that that is going to be what you're going to do in heaven for all eternity? Now now I've really messed you up, because you're going, I don't want to do that for all eternity. What? Are you kidding me? It's going to be glorious. Well, pastor, you don't understand what kind of a job I have. I don't want to be doing that job. You're not going to be doing that job in heaven. You're going to be working and creating and worshiping for all eternity. And to even say it like it's a get to and not a got to, that is a gross understatement that doesn't even begin to capture it doesn't even begin to capture it. So chapter 24 ends in its <laughs> graphic detail concerning the seven-year tribulation. And now chapter 25 begins with this glorious song of praise concerning the kingdom age, the millennium. Verse 1, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. For you have made a city a ruin, a fortified city a ruin, a palace of foreigners to be a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, verse 3, the strong people will glorify you, The city of the terrible nations will fear you, for you have been, I want you to listen very carefully to this for a reason, you have been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm. A shade from the heat. Boy, some people could use that right now in the mainland and other parts of the world. You heard about those record breaking temperatures? For the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. A couple thoughts here. When I bring up Sodom and Gomorrah, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Sexual immorality? what if I told you that in Ezekiel chapter 16, I want to say it's about verse 49, 50 ish, heavy on the ish. Ezekiel the prophet records what it was that caused the judgment of God, the fire and brimstone to come down on Sodom and Gomorrah and destroy them. And you might be surprised to know that it was chiefly because of their arrogance. They were overfed, underconcerned, had no regard for the poor. That was their chief sin. Oh, they did unspeakable deeds. Ezekiel of course records that. Don't you find that a little bit interesting? Do you see the connection here? The reason I point that out is because it isn't uncommon for Christians to say, wow, you're kind of happy about this judgment. And certainly you would fit right in with chapter 25 because they're thanking God and praising God for this judgment upon the world. How is that? That's not loving, is it? Huh. Well we're going to see in a moment that our just God is a loving God. And if he's not a just God, he's not a loving God. And if he's not a loving God, he's not a just God. And after beholding all that has happened over human history, and now it has come to an end and culminated in what we're told is this 1,000 year period of time where righteousness reigns and judgment has been meted out. I think it's a different story. The suffering has ended. God has had the final word. Justice has been meted out. Thank you Lord. Thank you God. Best illustration I've ever heard, and I've shared this before. Perhaps it's appropriate to share it again by way of illustration. Think of it like this. You are the victim of a horrific crime, and you're in court with the perpetrator who has victimized you, in an unspeakable way. And you got a judge sitting up there. And that judge is a just judge, but he's also a loving judge. But let's just say for purpose of discussion that that judge says, you know, what you did wasn't right. Well I'm going to let you off this time. Time served. I'm just feeling, you know, benevolent, and just want to be, you know, loving. Here I am, the victim. That's not love. That's not love. What about me? You, you think that's loving? No, that's, that's unloving. And that's unjust. Because I am the victim at the hands of this perpetrator. And I deserve justice. And if you are a just judge, you will mete out a just judgment. In the book of Revelation, we are told that the judgments of God are righteous and just and fair, period. So you'll forgive me if I get a little bit giddy at the notion that my just judge, my God, is going to meet out just judgment when he judges the unrighteous. It's just because he loves me. Thank you Lord. Praise you, Lord. Verse five, you will reduce the noise of aliens. Thank God, it's about time. There's been, <laughs> been a lot of noise. Have you noticed lately about aliens, UFOs, all over the news? You know what UFOs are, right? You know what aliens are, right? Demons demons. I was uh, talking to somebody the other day, and they were asking the question about how these, you know, in the, these psychics, right, they, they claim to, you know, be calling up your, you know, dead great-great-great-grandfather, and they're saying things that only they would know. You're like, whoa, it must be true. It must be Gramps. It's not gramps. It's a demon. Yeah, but how did they know that? Oh, because they were there. What do you mean? Oh, demons don't just die. When was the last time you went to memorial service for a dead demon? I'm sorry, that's a, I can't think of a better way. If you have a better one than that, just let me know afterwards. But, no, they're going to get their day. They're going to be cast into the lake of fire, but those same demons, those same spirits have been around for a very long, long, long time. They know all about Gramps. Oh, by the way, they were there about 2000 years ago when the Savior was crucified on that cross at Calvary, they were there. Same demons, and they're around today. Let me take it one step further, and I know we've talked about this in the prophecy updates, but again I think it would be appropriate. You know this uh, whole thing with artificial intelligence? You know what artificial intelligence is, right? Demons. It's satanic. That's not human. That's not natural. It's supernatural. It's other world intelligence. I am personally of the belief that Satan has imparted, even possessed, people. (laughs) And again, I'm not going to mention any names. I don't have to. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, you even watch them. You look at them. You're going, you're not even human, man. You wait for them to blink, and they don't blink. Now you're going to be watching them. Huh? Yeah, 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 no, seriously. I, yeah, anyway, I truly believe that they have been possessed demonically, and Satan has imparted to them this intelligence, specifically concerning the genome. Because they, believe me, Satan is a very intelligent being, he's very intelligent. And this intelligence, these algorithms and artificial intelligence and how it studies and learns and can be better than human, i.e. transhuman, it comes from the pit of hell, as it were. That is Satan himself. Um, Okay, one last thing. (laughs) It's really early for one last thing. But you know, when the rapture happens, according to New Age teaching, it's the great awakening where those that did not have the energy and the vibrations when the earth entered the age of Aquarius, Age of Ecclebius. I'm not joking. There's going to be this disappearance of those who were not in alignment with Mother Earth. And they're the bad people, and they're going to disappear. And only those who were aligned with Earth, (laughs) the energy force, will remain. Oh, really? (laughs) I think that's the rapture. No, I don't think that's the rapture. I know that's the rapture. And they're going to explain it away. Oh, it's been pre-programmed. Going back, I'm going to mention this movie. I know some of you are going to remember this. You younger people, we'll get back to you. Just bear with us, older folk. Invasion of the Body Snatchers? You okay? Uh, there was actually one before that. In fact, I watched it. I had a brother in law say, uh, just watch this. It was back in the, it was before that. I think Invasion of the Body Snatchers was in the 70s. Uh, it was called, um, in fact, I think it was very similar. It might have even been called the same thing Invasion of the Body Snatchers, or is it a black and white movie, a very old movie, where these pods, It was. I think it was originally called, oh, I got a witness, it was the pods. You see, yeah, you can't unsee that. So, but these pods, and they would replace the humans, and the humans would be taken away. Fifties, the 1950s. I wasn't even born yet. How about that? (laughs) Close though. (laughs) So, all pre-programmed, because again, Satan's very intelligent. And so when the rapture happens they've got, they've already got the explanation as to what happened to us in place. Wow, well they're out of the way, (laughs) to which I say, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. You will reduce the noise of aliens, carries with it the idea of strangers, foreigners, as heat in a dry place as heat in the shadow of a cloud. The song of the terrible ones will be diminished. And in this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, a feast of wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of well-refined wines on the lees." It's been suggested that verse 6 is a reference to the wedding feast of the Lamb, which by the way is what the Savior himself refers to in the Last Supper in Luke's account no less than two times when he talks about this that we're doing, finding its fulfillment in my kingdom. Verse 7, and he will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people, and the veil that is spread over all nations. Verse 8, I like this, he will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, the rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. There it is again. Did you catch that? All he has to do is speak it, and it's a done deal. Notice, the rebuke of his people will be taken away from all the earth. Not a moment too soon. The persecution of his people, the rebuke of his people, the mocking and the ridiculing of his people, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but lately Christians are kind of the <laughs> the finger of blame is pointing at us. you know that right? The evangelical yeah. good is evil and evil is good. The Christians the problem. Uh, real quick, this one mention here on swallowing up death forever. This is 1st Corinthians 15 verses 54 and 55. The Apostle Paul echoes this saying, Death has been swallowed up in victory. And then there's this sanctified taunting of death. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Never think for a moment that death was ever part of God's plan. Death entered the world when sin entered the world. Death entered with it. That's why Jesus is referred to as the second and final Adam. The first Adam brought sin into the world, and the second and final Adam came into the world to pay in full for that sin and death with it. And that's the resurrection. When Jesus resurrected from the dead, He defeated death. That's why when we talk about Romans in the ABC's of salvation, it is so important to understand. And when Paul to the Corinthians in chapter 15 in his first epistle to the Corinthians verses 1-4, through says that the gospel is that Jesus came, that he was crucified, that he was buried, and that he rose again. Romans 10, Paul says that it's that you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That's specific. He had to be resurrected in order to be victorious over death, to swallow up in victory death. No more death. No more death, man. I could go on and on just on that, and you know I could. I won't. Verse 9, and it will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for Him, and He will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. For on this mountain the hand of the Lord will rest, and Moab shall be trampled down under him, as straw is trampled down for the refuse heap. And, verse 11, he will spread out his hands in their midst, as a swimmer reaches out to swim, and he will bring down their pride together with the trickery of their hands. The fortress, verse 12, of the high fort of your walls he will bring down, lay low, and bring to the ground, down to the dust. It will happen. Chapter 25 and 26 sort of go together in the sense that It's a continuation of this song of praise to the Lord, chapter 26, verse 1. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. And verse 3, a familiar and loved and known verse to many. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts
0: in you. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D., if you think that the Gospel is only in our first four books of the New Testament, you'll quickly learn through this book of Isaiah that the Gospel's mentioned throughout. It must have been interesting for Isaiah to write the things he did in the course of his life. He was a prophet used by God who lived while several kings of Judah reigned. From their outright wicked behavior to a king like Hezekiah, Isaiah experienced the people living in rebellion and then turning toward God, realizing their need for him. God used Isaiah in a mighty way to influence these kings and to speak to them about what was yet to come. God can use you in the place you're at today as well. It may not seem as influential or powerful of a position, but God has you right where he wants you to use you in the place you are. Are you involved in a local church? If not, we invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor JD. You can get directions at our website, calvarychapelkaniohe.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mid-East Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for our next edition as we learn more valuable things from this interesting book of Isaiah right here on In Spirit and Truth. Uh